0: Well, good morning and welcome to water and stone uh you're watching this on november 1st 2020 if you're watching it live and that's kind of a big deal because 26 years ago on november 1st 1994 we had our very first sunday in a little tiny storefront church over in tampa florida not the greatest city on the face of the earth but up there somewhere in the in the running but uh it's been an amazing journey and in the intervening years we've done storefront stuff spoken on the road served at other churches had church in people's houses here in this living room and everything in between and it's been such a wonderful journey some of you watching were there with me at the very beginning some of you are brand new to this amazing unfolding adventure and it's amazing to see what God has in store for us. There's been some incredible blessings along the way, a lot of learning, and I just want to thank you, each and every one, whether you've been here for the long haul or you just showed up today. I want to thank you for being a part of this. It's never boring and it's always just absolutely wonderful because you are part of this. Let's begin our service with our opening prayer. God is and I am, I stand on holy ground, Right here and right now, there is truth. Right here and right now, there is freedom. Right here and right now, there is life. This is who I am. I am ready. From now on, I speak the truth. From now on, I choose freedom. From now on, this is my life. The unstoppable love of God prepares the way. I am ready. And so it is, in the name and nature of Jesus Christ. Amen. So as we get started, I want to share with you our scripture for this morning, and really for the whole month. It's 2 Corinthians 1.20, and I invite you to look that up at home. For as many as are the promises of God, in Him they are yes. Therefore, also through Him is our amen to the glory of God through us. Now that's a lot. I want to read that again for as many as are the promises of God in him they are yes therefore also through him is our amen to the glory of God through us so take a look at that later on but think about that with me there's a lot going on there but the key for right now is God's end of the bargain is yes and our end of the bargain is amen And between that yes and that amen, a whole life is lived. There's so much going on in there. The basic concept that God says yes. As many as are the promises of God, in God they're a yes. Yes from God, it's a yes. Think about what that means. When you really read that part of the scripture and you get the idea that, you know what? God does what he says he's going to do. And in fact, has already done. The idea that God means what he says. The idea that there's no trick here. There's no fine print. You don't have to sweat the details. The idea that it's all already there is something that we know about I mean, we've talked about the idea that God doesn't change his mind and all of that over and over and over and over and over and over again. But here, this is kind of a big deal. Right there, it says, any promise that God has made, it's already a yes. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to fight for it. You don't have to beg for it. You don't have to be any kind of different way because God doesn't waver. You want to get somewhere with your spirituality. You want to get somewhere with your prayer time, with your relationship with God, with a life that just works. Start, perhaps, by changing your concept of how God works. Your prayers can only be as big as your concept of God is, right? So open that up a little bit. I know that maybe you went to a church or you had a Sunday school situation or just because you got clobbered a little bit by life somewhere along the way, it's very possible to have this idea of God who, you know, changes his mind, who doesn't like your face sometimes, who isn't always listening, who can't come through for you in one way or another. But understand that right there in the Bible, in that piece of scripture, and over and over again, in fact... The concept is that's not God. Yes, it's true that you and I as humans who are growing and changing and figuring things out, sometimes the easy way, sometimes the hard way. Sometimes we don't come through. Sometimes we don't get it figured out. Sometimes we don't stand up for the right thing. Sometimes we mess up, you know, because we're growing. Not anything to beat yourself up about. It doesn't mean that you're flawed. It just means you're growing. We have that. But it's a big mistake, and in fact, a breaking of a commandment to assume that just because I have a problem with it, that God also has a problem with it. We're not supposed to make God in our image. It's the other way around, right? So just because we falter sometimes, it doesn't mean that God does. Okay, have I beat that into the ground enough? It's worth beating into the ground, because it's a big deal. God has promised. God's answer to the promise is yes. That's the takeaway for this part of it. So ask yourself, in this moment, what are those those promises? We'll come back to that when we get to the end of this conversation, but just take a moment and think to yourself, what are the things you know to be true about God? From the very beginning, from that good and very good pronouncement at the beginning of Genesis, all the way through the rest of it, what's God say about you? And understand that in the saying There's a doing. There's a yes inherent in it. And your job, remember, God's job is yes. Your job is just amen. What does amen mean, right? It's an agreement. It's another kind of yes. It's kind of part of the deal. Now, it's worth taking a minute to review a little bit. In the previous month, we talked about the power of no, and here we are talking about yes, and it's important to think about how that no and that yes work together. Remember, last time we talked about the idea that if God is already perfect, you don't have to make God happen, right? If God is already perfect, your job is instead to get rid of the things that are getting in between you and God, to to take down the armor, to figure out what to say no to, what's not productive, what you've outgrown. Sound familiar? So much of life is fixed when you learn how to say, you know, I'm not doing that thing that hurts. I'm over it. Oh, that's a beautiful day, man. And I wish for you to have that day as often as you need to have it. But I want you to understand with me that that's only half of the bargain. Because along with that no, along with that cleaning out and getting done with and moving beyond and all of that, super healthy, we've got to make room But we've also got to fill that space with something healthy intentionally. And that's where the yes comes in. That's where the the amen part comes in. In other words, the thing I want you to know is that life is what you allow. Life is what you say amen to. Life is what you agree with. Life is what you say yes to. So, okay, we cleaned out the garage of our lives and our hearts, so to speak. What are we going to let fill that space? More of the same? Well, I don't know about you, but I've done that before. Had a big pronouncement and really uh, cleaned house and then immediately gone right back to the way I used to do things. I don't recommend it. Or are we going to take a moment and be a little bit more intentional about what we want to have in that space? There's these two phases. There's the no and the yes. It's part of the way that we look at the fact that in, the, in Genesis, there is a creation story about those seven days of creation, and then immediately there's another creation story, you know, the Adam and Eve part. In the same way, that first story in the creation process of your life, if you're looking to make something, achieve something, see something, participate in something, first part is the let there be, which is recognizing that there's room, letting things happen. And then we get to that second part. Once we have made that kind of room and had our Sabbath, the next step is the Adam and Eve step, tending the garden, taking care of things. There's that wonderful part where God says, thou shalt name a thing and that's what it will be for you. Taking a moment to take care, to have your Eden experience of deciding what to say yes to. What I'm looking for is what I want to call a walking amen. That's the ideal. Can you be that amen in life? Remember, God has already said yes to you. Your job is to say, I agree. But can you take that amen into your life? Can you have it be a walking amen? It's not enough for Adam and Eve to be in the garden. they got a job to do. They've got animals to name. they got stuff to do and stuff not to do. That's fair. That's your job. The walking amen. And I think right away you know that there are some things that you start to want to say yes to. Maybe you're thinking right now, you know, I should say yes to that job opportunity. I should make a little bit more room to be kinder to some people. I should go ahead and step out on faith in this way or that way or the other way. But I don't know if I have the strength to do it, right? It's a lot of people. You're not alone if that's what's going on for you right now. And I have to tell you that sometimes the advice that we get from church, from religion, from spirituality, whatever, isn't all that helpful. Because the first thing that people go to uh, oftentimes when they're in a situation like that is they go, WWJD, which is not a wrestling federation, I made that mistake too. WWJD instead is, what would Jesus do? And that sounds great. You know, what would Jesus do in that situation? But you ever tried that? It's great when you're happy and you're in church and everybody believes the same thing as you and you're in a pretty much safe, validated space. It's easy to go, well, here's what Jesus would do. Jesus would sit in this pew, (laughs) you know, but man, oh man, when the mortgage is due, when your heart is broken, when stuff isn't working, I got to tell you, I don't know about you, but for me, it's a little bit hard to swallow the what would Jesus do thing because you, you, you want to go, you know what, but Jesus wouldn't be in this situation. I have no frame of reference for what would Jesus do when somebody breaks up with him. I don't see that in the Bible. What do I do when I feel alone? What do I do when the money doesn't seem to be there? What do I do? Because that stuff, Jesus just overcomes it because, you know, he's Jesus. So I love the idea of what would Jesus do. And I'm not suggesting you throw that tool out of the toolbox. I'm just suggesting it's not the only wrench in the drawer to mix my metaphors a little bit. Let's take a step back. It's okay if you can't directly identify with our Savior. You know, that's asking a lot. I want you to think for a minute about those disciples. You know, they're right there with our Lord through all of it. They're there for the healings. They're part of that work. They're following them around and learning. And then after, you know, the Easter experience, they're out there making the church happen and doing all of the things that we know about. It's beautiful and it's incredible. And they're heroes too. But along the way, we see the disciples messing up. You know, the idea of doubting Thomas. Thomas is a disciple and he doubts. He doesn't get it. Remember, Peter, the disciple of faith, who represents faith, is the one who falls in the water, can't walk on water, that kind of stuff. We see the disciples wavering, (laughs) literally or metaphorically, not able to pay the bills, not able to do it. The disciples are in process, and sometimes when you're in process, maybe it's not super helpful to go, well, what would Jesus do? Because frankly, he's done cooking. What would a disciple do? Because you know what? We're reading those Gospels, we're looking at those teachings, we're trying to follow what our Master Teacher said on our good days, we're disciples too. So what would you do if you were one of those disciples who you already are, you know? Because I tell you what, in the stories, they mess up. Sometimes they don't get it. Sometimes they jump to a conclusion. Sometimes they do the wrong thing. Sometimes, in fact, a lot of the time, when you really read the story, and yet, through all of the bumps and bruises and goofy things, what the disciples have in common is that each and every one of them At one point in their journey in their story each and every one of those disciples at one point or another said yes at one point or another and sometimes we read it and sometimes we just kind of hear it secondhand each and every one of them there's a point in the story where Jesus goes okay let's do this let's go on the road get rid of your stuff and let's go we got stuff to do travel light and I'm not promising it's gonna be convenient (laughs) in fact it's gonna be weird didn't say that exactly, but you know, come on, read between the lines. It's going to change everything. It's going to be a big deal. Can you come and follow me? And each and every one of the disciples, no matter what their other shortcomings were, each and every one of the disciples said, yes, that's what makes them disciples. That's what puts them on the road. And so I'm asking you not to have everything WWJD mastered, I'm just asking you to find some little part of this experience to say yes to, and it will put your feet on the path. Ask yourself, if life is what I agree with, then what will I say yes to right now? Now, you know, because each and every one of us has this in common, there are so many times when you look back at your life and you say, I knew, I knew I should have. Asked for the raise, asked for the phone number, stepped out on the thing, gone to the concert, had your oil checked. I knew I should have done the thing. I knew I should have. I knew I should have said yes to this, whatever it was. But I didn't because I was scared, or I didn't because you fill in the blanks. It's your story just like it's mine. All I'm asking is for you and me to be the kind of people who get a little bit better at listening to that thing that you knew you should have done. It's Not always easy. Sometimes fear gets in the way, or we don't want to upset somebody, or we want to adhere to the social mores, or whatever it is. But let's be those disciple kind of people who go, you know what, I know this, that, and the other thing, and I'm gonna say yes to it, because why not? I mean, once again, put yourself in the sandals of one of those disciples. And here's Jesus going, it's going to change everything. But you know what? I got your back. It's going to be okay. That's what's on the table. The next time you have one of those opportunities, it's not different. Because in one way or another, God is saying to you, yeah, it represents change. Yeah, it represents getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah, it represents maybe not everybody's going to understand you. But that's not their job. And it's not your job to be understood. It's your job to shine as brightly as you can to be the kind of person who finds some little thing to say yes to. And like I said, I recognize that it takes all kinds of practice. But you will get to that place where you get better at it if you start to exercise those muscles. And we see the disciples, they make that big yes, and then they You know, they have moments where they don't get it. That can be you. It's okay. You're going to get where you need to go. Just get better at your yes. And you're going to find that there are things that you do instinctively, naturally, that are yes kind of things, that are healing kind of things, that are good for you. Think about when you are in a time of crisis and you just, you do a brave thing. We talked a little bit about that a couple of weeks ago. Think about the times when the chips are down and instead of contracting in, you have something that expands you out, big or small. Remember we talked about that a little bit. And I didn't realize what my thing was. I mean, I have a lot of little things I try to write. I I do this thing where you and I talk together. I have things that I do, but it didn't occur to me that there's something that I consistently do when I am in a time of crisis or transition or trouble. I always do it. I go to Disney World. It's true. I didn't even realize. I mean, I'm here in St. Petersburg, Florida, which is the finest city on the face of the earth, just a little bit of a distance away from the Magic Kingdom and all of that. I didn't used to know that I I was doing it, but there'd be times in my life where the job didn't work out or some family member made their transition or something happened and, we would find ourselves, our little family, we would find ourselves right there in the kingdom of the mouse. And I didn't do it intentionally, but over time I realized it. In and through every major transition of my life, there I am, walking right down the middle of Main Street. It's such a funny thing. I didn't know I was doing it on purpose until one time I was talking to somebody on the phone because we had worked for a company and that company was about to fold up and nobody who was on that phone call, it was one of those party line phone calls, I was on my cell phone and we were were talking and nobody knew what they were going to (laughs) do. It's not that we got fired, it's just that no job, it's gone. And I had a plan. For saving the company and it turns out that's what we did and we saved it and it was okay but I came up with that plan while I was on the phone at Disney World and it was really funny because somebody on the phone was talking and I said hey I can't hear you hang on Uh, I can't hear you because there's a parade going by and the person on the phone said what are you talking about I said I'm at Disney World don't worry about it And they said why are you at Disney World right now your life is falling apart And I don't know where the voice came from because it wasn't an intentional thing. But what I said to my friend, my co-worker, is, you know what? If I'm going to be worried, I might as well be worried in the happiest place on earth. Who cares? Let's just do this. Let's say yes to something, even if it's a crazy yes, a brave yes, a foolish yes. But you know what? Who's more lovable than a fool? Be foolish and courageous and hungry for something. And things will work out for you. And as I started to think about it and talk about it with with my wife Jenny, we realized that one of the reasons that Disney is that place for us, it's not just because of the rides. Disney is that place for us because every single detail has already been thought about. Someone had a meeting about where to put the garbage cans and what color to paint that thing. And you go around the corner and the music changes and it feels like you're in a different land. And every single moment is intentional. Nothing is left to chance. And I adore that because you see, I am really bad. Well, I'm not going to affirm that. Let's say I'm working on, right? I'm working on my ability to deal with the details. I'm the kind of person who likes to figure stuff out. I'm the kind of person who likes to know where everything's going to go, who can probably tell you the pressure in each of the four tires on the vehicle. You know, I'm a details person and I like to know what's going to happen. And in a place like Disney, I am in no control of the details and someone else has already figured it out. And so I can let that part of my silly brain go and be silly in more productive ways. And you see, that's really important. Because here's what I want you to know, if you're writing stuff down, this is the thing to write down. The details are not your job, the details are God's job. The details are not your job, the details are God's job. And that might be a tough pill to swallow. Because maybe you grew up in a situation where you thought that God was going to trick you. Where you had to be careful with your prayers. It was a little bit like rubbing the genie's lamp, and if you're not very specific in your requests, it'll bite you. You know? where everything that you do in your relationship with the divine is about reading the fine print and making sure that you're careful. Ever had that kind of a relationship with that kind of a concept of God? didn't feel good, did it? It didn't feel good because it's phony. That's not how God works. Think about it. you got to be careful with God. Look, I don't know what kind of experience you had with your biological earthly parents. I don't know what it was like growing up in your situation. Maybe it was rocky sometimes. Maybe you didn't feel that you could depend on those people all the time. You know the deal. But that's not the kind of parent God is. In fact, that's almost exactly what Jesus says. That's not the kind of parent God is. In so many words, Jesus says, imagine the best parental instincts you have and magnify them. Times infinity. That's the kind of parent God is. God's got your back, and that means you don't have to worry about the details, and in fact, that's the wrong thing to say yes to. I'm here telling you that you need to say yes to something, and the natural response back to me is, okay, well, what do I say yes to? But it's so easy to start swimming in all of the details, and I'm going to figure this out, and I'm going to tell God what color my miracle is going to be, and what day it's going to arrive right down to the nanosecond and the situation, And you can get so caught up in the specificity of it that you miss the wonder of it. And that's a real problem. I grew up thinking that I was pretty much alone, you know? And it's not about blame. Nobody's fault. It's just kind of my mindset, my situation as a kid. I kind of felt like if it was going to happen, I was going to figure it out on my own. I didn't feel like anybody had my back. I kind of had to do it that way. And whether or not you grew up that way, I bet you know that feeling in one area of your life or another that it was going to be down to you to figure it out and you'd better be right. I felt that way all the time for whatever goofy reason. And that's not a really healthy way to think about God because it doesn't leave room for God to do his thing. Here's what I want you to know. Fear its okay to feel. It's okay to be afraid sometimes. We're growing and we're working through this. This isn't a WWJD moment. This is what would the disciples do moment. And sometimes the disciples are afraid. It's okay to feel fear. But understand with me, in and through the feeling of it, that you don't have to feel it. Understand with me, in and through the feeling of it, that fear is, this is a tough one, hang on to me here, fear is profoundly egotistical. When you feel fear, part of what you're feeling is ego. I'm not blaming, I'm not judging, I have my fear moments too, but at the end of the day, that's what we're dealing with, guys. Because here's the thing, there's this concept that here's God and life and the universe and everything and it has a wonderful way of taking care of its own and the laws of physics and the laws of the universe and the laws of love are all there making it work and this is this perfectly wonderful running machine if you want to look at it. Everything works and then here's me completely separate from the working of the universe. You want to talk about ego? I am the only thing outside of this amazing bubble? Come on now. And that's really what fear is. It's a lack of trusting this wonderful situation. Like I said, you didn't do it on purpose, neither did I. It's one of those things. But if you know what it is, you know how to fix it. And so what I'm suggesting to you is part of what you, what you want to say yes to are the things that bring you back together. Like I said, I grew up kind of feeling like I was on my own. Maybe it's an only child thing, I don't know. But I didn't really get good at yes until I had to say yes. There's some moments in my life when I fell in love and I knew it and I knew that I was helpless against its power. When I was in an obstetrician's office and I didn't want to be a dad because I was a child myself basically and yet there's this screen with a little thing with a heartbeat on it. When you sign some papers and you do a thing and you say I do There's these moments in life where you realize that life is something bigger than you and that life, here we go, is a participatory event. Find things to say yes to that include you in that bubble of the universe, because there ain't nothing outside of it but ego. It's all pretend outside of that bubble. Find things to say yes to that bring you back into that situation. Do you know how it's going to work? No, neither do I. Neither does anybody at this Disney World of Life. Not really. But the good news is, the details are God's job. You're looking for something to say yes to. Your heart needs to say yes to something. Stop worrying about saying yes to the specifics of how it's going to work. and can't even say the word. And Here's a thought exercise for you. Here's some homework. If it's not about saying yes to the details what's left if you got rid of all of the details all of the concerns about the specifics of how it's going to work and you just really just for a second gave those to god in your life i can't answer this question for you this is about you in your life what's left you might not know right now this might take some work but it's a worthwhile effort Take a minute and think about what it is that you can say yes to that's not about the details, that's not about controlling the universe, that's not about stepping outside of that wonderful sphere of everything being okay. What is it that you can say yes to that's not about details, that's about your heart? And can you consciously say yes to that? And consciously is a big deal because here's the fine print of this situation. You ready? Ready? You are already saying yes. You are a creature of yes. You can't help it. You have a built-in no and a built-in yes. It's the same thing as how you have to breathe out and be done with the air that you've used and breathe in and consume something new that's going to help you keep on living. You are continually yesing and knowing your way through life. The thing to do is to be conscious of it. Because if you ain't paying attention, you could say yes to some things that aren't very healthy. We talked about that at the top of our conversation where you can really clean out and be intentional about getting done with stuff and then turn your back and let all of those same kind of things flow right back in. Maybe you've done it. I know I have. Maybe this is why we're told in the Bible to let your yes be yes and your no be no. That seems cryptic. But I think part of what it really means is understand that you're saying yes. Understand that you're saying no. Be intentional. Be conscious of what you say no to and choose what you say yes to and say yes to what is going to help you grow. Say yes to what's going to make you a better child of God, more able to live that life. Be conscious about your yes. Understand that you're always saying it. There are things in your life that demand your yes. that are going on right now. You can drag your feet all you want. But there are things in your life that you know about that are just asking for you to say yes. And like I said, maybe you're scared. I get it. But you know what? It's time to get done with ego stuff. We're supposed to say no to those things and say yes to what we need in order to be more like who we have already been just like Jesus and the disciples, I I can't promise you that this is going to be comfortable. Jesus never said, we are going to get a first-class ticket and everybody's going to completely understand what we do and there's not going to be a problem and we'll never meet a leper. Don't worry about it. In fact, quite the opposite. One way or another, in so many words, he basically said, this is going to turn everything upside down and that's going to have to be okay with you because that's how it is. Because that's what the world needs in order to change you know that there's something that you can say yes to right now. Comfort be damned. It's not about that. It's not about ego validation. There's something you can say yes to right now and it maybe scares you. And it maybe promises change and a change that you might not be comfortable with, but it is exactly what you need in order to be who God made you to be. What will you say yes to if you really trust God? if you were a disciple on the shore and there's Jesus saying, come with me, get rid of what isn't going to work, what's too heavy to carry, what would you let go of? What would you say? We've got a lot to talk about but right now your homework is this. Be brave. There's something you can say yes to today and in so doing you'll make room for something even bigger to say yes to tomorrow. And in so doing you'll find that life says yes to you you'll find that nothing can hold you back you will find in your choosing a yes that freedom is a choice thank you and now with that in mind let us take our opportunity to give you can help support this ministry, this wonderful, crazy, beautiful ministry, this transparent family that's all over the place and just figuring it out wonderfully in God's hands. You can help support that effort by going to donate.waterandstonechurch.com or counting on you to do that. You can support the church financially. You can also support the church by spreading the word, by sharing these videos, by just talking about them, and most of all, by doing your best to live this stuff. Let's hold those gifts of love and substance in our minds and our hearts and speak our offertory blessing together. God is my source, my unending supply. With this gift, I carry my gratitude into action. God's blessings flow through me and fill my world. I give and I live with radical joy. And so it is. Amen. And as always, I want to thank you for being here with me. And I want you to know that we are always together in one way or another, because around here, we pray as a family. Together, God, I'm ready for change. My heart is open. I'm not afraid anymore. My life is in peace and on purpose. Amen. Now go show the world what love looks like today. Thank you.